In Genesis so far, we've been introduced to God as creator of the world, and we've been introduced to two main characters, the male and the female. Humanity is given a task to reflect God's image into the world and govern creation. We've been introduced to a good world, and in our story so far, God has been the one to define what is good. Last week, Mark spoke on Genesis 2. Genesis 2 and 3 are part of the same story, two parts to one story. And Mark left us with a question. Will humanity obey God's command not to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents a choice. Will humanity choose to trust God to define what is good and evil, or will they define it for themselves? How will they go about building this world? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your word, Father. God, we thank you for the stories, um, for your scripture, that we can learn more about you, God. And I pray this morning as we look into Genesis 3, God, would you please highlight to us things that you want us to hear, God. Lord, we just come to you um, humbly and... Lord, we're here ready to, to hear from you. And God, I just, we thank you um, that you are always here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So at the beginning of Genesis 3, our story introduces a new character, a serpent. The text does not say much about the serpent, but scripture tells us that he is crafty and that he is made by God. We quickly realize the serpent's objective to question God's command to the humans. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from any tree in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from the tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I imagine the woman probably feels a bit lost and unsure on what to believe. She may have questions God's command. Did God lie to us? Is the fruit really that bad? Maybe eating the tree could be a good thing. The woman, uh, sorry, the humans are given the dignity of a choice, but the stakes are high. To rebel against God is to embrace death. Looking at the fruit and seeing that it was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for gaining wisdom, the woman took from it and ate it. She then gave some to her husband, who was with it, and he ate it. But at this point, something changes. Their eyes were opened, and they realized their nakedness, so they made coverings for themselves. Before the couple was unashamed, but they no longer felt comfortable in their nakedness. The Lord God was walking in the garden, and they hid from him. In their fear, they hide from God. When I read this part of the story, I feel pretty sad. God's beloved children are now hiding from him. But the Lord God calls out to the man, where are you? The all-knowing God is asking questions. 
It's likely that he wants them to be the one to reach out to him. The man answers, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. They were unashamed in their nakedness, but now they feel shame because something has changed and God knows this. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? They begin to shift the blame of the actions onto the other. The woman blames the man blames the woman and the woman blames the serpent for eating the fruit. God curses the serpent for his actions, but verse 15 states that there will be this continuous hostility between the offspring and the serpent, the offspring of the serpent and the woman. But this curse God speaks of, he speaks of an offspring that will crush the serpent's head, but a serpent but the serpent will strike his heel. The curse speaks of some sort of wounded victor. To Eve, God said to her, her pain and childbearing would be severe and her relationship with her husband would no longer be the same. To Adam, God curses the ground. So his harvest would be painful until he turns, returns to dust. But God in his grace, he makes garments of skin for Adam and Eve and he clothed them. Because of their actions, God banishes them from the garden. No longer can they take from the tree of life and live forever. The consequence of their action is death. So when I think of the story of Adam and Eve disobeying God, what comes to mind for you? Is it shame in themselves? Is it Guilt over their actions? Is it doubt that God's command was true? Is it sadness because they disobeyed God? Is it fear as they left the garden on their own? It's hard to imagine the exact feelings the couple would have been left with or would have felt in that moment. But do we experience similar feelings when we think of choices we've made in our life? Do we feel shame or guilt, doubt, sadness, fear? When Adam disobeyed God, there were many consequences. Firstly, they felt shame. They clothed themselves and they hid from God because of their nakedness. They blamed each other. And God's consequences for their disobedience meant that when they left, their garden, left the garden, it was going to affect their daily living. Their labor would be in pain. They were forbidden from eating the fruit of the tree of life and would now embrace death. But because of their disobedience, their relationship with God became broken. They had to leave the garden where they dwelt with God and their intimacy with God was lost. Sin is serious business. God's command was true and was there to be obeyed. But, God and, but Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and decide good and evil for themselves. God was no longer the one to define good. We know in this moment something changes. The world described in Genesis 1 and 2 
is not the full picture of what we see today. So looking forward into the rest of the Old Testament, we see the spiral effect of sin. We see murder and death. We see cruelty, slavery, jealousy, idolatry. Time after time, God gives the Israelites a choice to embrace God's definition of good, but they continue to disobey God and define good and evil for themselves. Is there any hope for humanity? We see a broken world, a world that was not made as God intended it to be. This is the part of the story that we have to acknowledge that things went from good to bad. God's creation rebelled against him, and it's really important that we sit in this moment and in the reality of sin. We can see the impact of sin in our world today. The world we live in is not the same as God's good creation in Genesis 1. We chose to define good and evil for ourselves, and rather than trusting in God's definition of good, we choose to define good on our own terms. Whether Genesis 3 was a literal event or a figurative story, we have to ask the question, why did God tell us the story? Why is it important? I believe the story highlights that God created the world good, but gave humanity a choice. Would they choose to accept God's definition, or would they choose to define good for themselves? The story illustrates the pain in the world that we see as not how God created it, but humanity chose sin. I know there are some debates about the topic of free will. So I'm not going to go into that, but I'm just going to say that I believe in this point in my journey that God is sovereign and in control of everything, but that he has given us a choice. And we can see this in the story of Adam and Eve from the actions and the choice and the results of that for them. But maybe we question why. Why would God give us a choice, knowing that we would choose the path that we did, the path of pain and sadness. In our society, we see people in support of the vaccine mandates, uh, but we also see people who believe that the mandates have taken away their choices. Over the last few weeks, we have seen the impact on humanity when they believe their choices have been taken away. I believe God gave Adam and Eve a choice because he didn't want to force humanity to trust him. Humanity had to choose to trust God's definition of good and choose relationship with God. In our own life, we have choices. Some of them may seem simple. What to wear, what kind of ice cream flavor you want to choose. When I was younger, I remember my parents gave my sister a choice. My stepdad said, if you slam the door one more time, I'm going to take it off its hinges. I don't know if my sister was like fully realized the impact of her choice. Maybe she doubted the follow through or maybe in her anger, she just couldn't resist. But she slammed the door and it got taken off the hinges for a week. And she was not happy. <laughs> Adam and Eve's choice has bigger stakes and bigger consequences. As I said, the stakes were high, 
But like Adam and Eve, the choices we make in, our, in the world today, we impact the world that we choose to live in. If we choose to gamble our money away, or if we choose to murder, or if we choose to gossip, or if we choose not to help someone in need, all of these choices impact our life, but they also impact those around us. The environment was impacted by Adam's and Adam and Eve's choice to disobey God. We now see that the ground's been cursed. And we can see the impact on the environment throughout history. Although our story today ends in Genesis 3, we know that there is more to the story. Throughout the Bible, as I said, we see that spiral effect of sin, sin after sin after sin. But there are also moments of grace in our, on creation. And God, in his grace, clothed Adam and Eve before they left the garden. He also told the serpent that a descendant from Eve would crush his head while the serpent would strike the descendant's heel. There is a promise of a wounded victor. Throughout my sermon preparation, my heart has been mourned and saddened over the story of Genesis 3. How could humanity choose to disobey such a good God? But sin can be similar to how we to, similar today to how it was in the garden. Our shame and our guilt often cause us to hide from God. Romans 6:23 states, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has sent us our wounded victor, Jesus. And we have been given the Holy Spirit as our helper in times of trouble. And we learned about that word helper last week with Mark. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Because of Jesus' victory over sin, we have a chance now to make that right choice. Will we trust God's definition of good? Or will we define good for ourselves? Will we live in our sinful nature or live in the grace of God, knowing that we have been made new? What world will we choose to be a part of creating? In the book of Revelation, the author gives a picture of a new earth. He describes the tree of life present in the city. No longer will there be a curse. The picture represents our future hope of eternal life in Jesus. So I've asked the team, well, a couple of our team, to come up and sing a song called Champion. You may have heard the song before, you may have not, but I just, yeah, today I wanted um, kind of us to come to this place of thanksgiving. For me, during my time of worship and mourning over the story, my heart has been filled with thanksgiving because in our sin and brokenness, we have been sent our victor and a champion. <laughs> 